Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. A lot of people talk about, you know, don't let the tax tail wait the dog, right? Just because something has good tax advantages doesn't mean it's the best investment. Hey folks, it's your rich uncle here. We're gonna talk a little bit about investing and taxes. Cause after all, if you make a bunch of money and you pay all to Uncle Sam, at the end of the day, you don't have as much. So you might as well not have a great investment. So when people talk about tax efficiency, you know, you can invest in all kinds of different asset classes out there. You can invest in rental properties, crypto, you can do Forex. But and the reason why I always come back to real estate, other than the fact that it's a hard asset and in cash flows, probably the biggest one is the, the tax advantages real estate gives for me. And again, I touched up on it earlier. You know, if you make a million dollars with Bitcoin, but you pay half of it to Uncle Sam, right? You're only left with half of that or a 50% return. Whereas you make a 60% return with real estate, but you don't pay any taxes, in this little example, real estate trumps the crypto. And I think this is very pertinent these days. I see a lot of crypto investors who are overnight multimillionaires, yet you don't have the money until you cash it in. And when you cash it in, you got to pay Uncle Sam because at this point, it's still capital gains and you bet the IRS and the SEC want to get a hands of that money. So kind of starting off at the top, you know, to be tax efficient, you're looking at the rate of return that you're making plus taking into account how much taxes you pay on that as and then at the end, you know, what is the the total that you're left with. Now, real estate, the magical of real estate what it does is you can depreciate the asset over a number of years because in the IRS code book, what they're saying is that the price of the building improvement will degrade over X amount of years. On a residential rental property, you're talking 27 years. So over 27 years, the price of improvement will kick off a negative loss over those 27 years. Now on commercial properties, on a lot of the larger apartments that we own, you know, we're able to do what's called a cost segregation. We're not gonna really get into this, but we can usually take up about a third of the building value, boom, in the first year, creating a huge negative loss. And this negative loss can be used to offset taxes. But a lot of you guys are looking to get residential rental properties. You know, So if you have a $100,000 house, and let's just say two thirds of that, $66,000 is what the building improvement uh, is worth. The other $33,000 is just the land improvement, which doesn't degrade, doesn't depreciate. Again, we're taking the 66,000 over 27 years, and that creates a, a several thousand dollar negative loss each year. Probably enough to offset a lot of the cash flow that you're getting from the investment, but it also might mean more that you can also carry forward to other investments. And this creates a passive loss. Now, the way to think about this is this passive loss can offset passive income. Passive income comes from passive investments. Passive investments are like residential real estate. You know, again, this is what real estate does. It doesn't really depreciate in real life that quickly. But if they're gonna, the IRS is going to give us this paper loss, we're going to take it. So crypto, gold, forex, currency, these things, they don't kick off this negative loss. Therefore, there's no internal negative loss to offset the gains. 
therefore you're not shielded from any of the paying taxes on this stuff and you're pretty much exposed. There's no really good way to mitigate your taxes. You know, two mistakes I see a lot of times, uh, investors will want to go in what's in what they call it an opportunity zone deal. You can Google this, we're not gonna get too much into it, but these are kind of sweet deals where you can essentially shield and have your taxes forgiven by going into. I personally don't like these very much because the fact that it's opportunity zone is a place that the government has deemed needs a lot of work and they wanna incentivize investors to go in there. Typically, these places are pretty crappy areas and I don't invest in crappy areas, therefore I don't want to be in an opportunity zone. That's just my personal investing philosophy. Um, it might make sense. But again, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, don't let the tax tail wait the dog, right? Just because something is good, has good tax advantages, doesn't mean it's probably, it's the best investment. You need to look at it holistically. The second very common mistake that I see is, you know, a lot of people, they want to buy a rental property where grandma lives or next to Disneyland or in Las Vegas, because they feel like if they go visit the property, they can write off a lot of the travel expenses, hotel expenses, maybe get a car, or use the car to go drive to and from Disneyland. You know what I mean, right? They're trying to use it and commingle it to write off um, the business expense and have a little fun and leisure along the way. Nothing wrong with that, right? As long as it's customary and in direct relation to the business. And, you know, there's some different rules that we kind of follow on best practices that we kind of teach our clients to best utilize and maximize the amount of deductions they can have um, while also having the most fun and leisure on one of these trips. Because who wants to go out to Kansas City, Birmingham, one of these really boring areas and spend all that time and there's not too much fun things to do. But here's where my issue comes in. Like, you, know, you don't want to invest in a place just because you want to visit if that place is not a good investment. I've said it a lot of times before, I don't invest in prior markets like California, Hawaii, Boston, New York, because the numbers just don't make sense. The rent-to-value ratios don't make sense. Um, if you guys haven't heard about the rent-to-value ratio, put your comment below. We'll try and get you the link to that page and we'll try and do another video about the rent-to-value ratio um, where you need 1% or higher to be able to cash flow. And the rent-to-value ratio quickly is the monthly rents divided by the purchase price. Again, we're looking for something 1% or higher. So a lot of these primary markets, a lot of cool places to visit probably, you're not gonna be able to cash flow, and I would argue that they're not good investments. They may go up in price due to appreciation, but I'm just not that type of appreciation-based investor. I consider that gambling. So some of them might argue, well, I wanna buy a property here so I can go visit grandma right off the trip, but then I say, well, how much are you spending going to see grandma or going to go to Las Vegas that you can legitimately write off as a business expense? Say, you know, the flight's a thousand bucks, the hotel's $500 and some meals and some car expenses. You're talking maybe a few thousand dollars. Typically, if you're in the lower tax brackets, that may only mean a 10, 20% tax break. Therefore, if you're spending $3,000 on the trip as your total business expenses, at 10%, that's only a $300 cash savings or 20% $600 cash savings. Now maybe if you make over 200 or $300,000 a year, it might go up to 30%, 40% tax savings. 
But, you know, even at that rate, 40% of $5,000 on a bigger trip like that, you know, you're not talking about very much money. Not, it barely comes up to be over $1,000. Now we're weighing difference. Sure, we're saving on taxes, but the investment sucks, right? And as we kind of started off with the video, right, it needs to be, you need to be investing in good investments that are also tax advantage. Don't losing sight of either or. And that's a second great example, a very common mistake and an example where don't let the taxes wag the dog. Now, I think we started off with a lot of the business deductions that, you know, we think are fun, like the, you know, traveling and stuff like that. But let's not lose sight of all the traditional business expenses like repairs, maintenance, paying property managers, consultants, uh, our lawyers, you know, all these people are legitimate business expenses necessary to you making money with a rental property. And therefore all these things should be funneled through your business and expensed and wrote off as a deduction to shelter as much income or capital gains that you get from this investment. No, I'm not too big of a crypto investor or Forex investor or stock investor, but I could also imagine if you're running a business, you know, as even a sole proprietorship, a lot of these things are legitimate business expenses and you should be thinking about writing these things off in your business. But real estate's really the only thing that gives you that phantom loss of the depreciation of the real estate depreciating over the life of its service. And I think that's what really puts real estate heads and shoulders above the asset classes. A lot of very common advice out there is, well, put money in your 401k, but I've done another video on why I don't, I'm not a big fan of any type of retirement accounts, 401ks, even Roth IRAs, which a lot of people talk about because I invest in real estate. When you invest in real estate, you have the phantom losses from depreciation, which knock out all your returns. Therefore, you don't pay any taxes anyway on that. So why would I need to put my money into a retirement account that has the money grow tax-free when it's the same thing when I invest in real estate? We talked a lot about taxes here, folks. There is a whole laundry list of things you can deduct that I've done in my past, and you can check out my tax returns at simplepassivecashflow.com tax. If you guys like the show, put a like there. And also, if you have any specific comments, drop a comment into the comment section, ask a question, we'll answer it on a future video. If it's real quick, maybe I'll get in there and I'll start answering questions there. But appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you guys next time. is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.